Hello, my name is Darren Speaksma. Welcome to the third Campfire Conversation of Every Square Centimeter podcast, a podcast where we celebrate the people, places, and practices in and around Christian education in Canada. I'm here with Jeremy Horlings from the Prairie Centre for Christian Education. And Justin Cook from Advance. Hey, Canada. Oh, Canada. Canada. We are together for a bit of a different type of episode today. This is the third of what we hope will be many Campfire Conversations. Why campfire episode, you ask? Campfires happen all year round, and where there's fire and friends, there is good conversation. Educators just can't help it. Learning is in our DNA. Even in breaks, our conversations usually circle back to school, learning, and literature. Nothing brings this out faster than a few educators around a fire with a favorite beverage. We're also excited to be receiving questions and ideas from our listeners. Keep them coming. We'll be using these campfire conversations as a way to interact with the ideas, questions, and prompts that we hear from our listeners, so stick around for the Crossfire segment later in this episode. Today, the campfire is propane. We're sitting under palm trees, having just enjoyed a week of intense and exciting learning as we participated in the Christian Deeper Learning Conference for two days, and then two and a half days of the Biennial Converge Conference. We're sitting in San Diego, but I have to say, it's not warm enough for shorts yet, that's for sure. It's so good to be together in person again, getting re-energized by being in the presence of other exceptional Christian educators from around the world. For our Every Square Centimeter Campfire Conversations, either Justin, Jeremy, or myself will bring one topic about education that lingers from one of our previous episodes, or we might just surprise the group with a random educational conundrum. Though campfire chats can last to the wee hours of the morning and travel great intellectual distances, our campfire conversations will focus on one or like today, maybe two burning issues. Mm. So let's get started. All right, this campfire, like I mentioned off the top, is in San Diego, California. It's propane, it's a little chilly, but we are kindled with anticipation for this campfire conversation. Gentlemen, a full week of intense professional learning. What an amazing opportunity an opportunity with none, which none of us take for granted in our roles. I kind of want to head in two different directions with this conversation. First, we participated, had the joy of participating, I'll say, in the Christian Deeper Learning Conference, an opportunity to visit deeper learning happening at schools with students, and then a day to, to work on our own practice. But I get a lot of questions. Why Christian deeper learning? Aren't we just talking about good learning? Why this move to Christian deeper learning? I wonder if if it's important and why is it helpful to re-articulate or articulate this vision for Christian deeper learning? Justin, Jeremy, what do you think? I wish I was looking at all of our thousands of listeners right now, and I would ask them for a fist to five of... uh, their familiarity with this phrase, Christian deeper learning, what that mm-hmm. phrase actually means. Mm-hmm. Uh, have they heard it before? Is it completely new? Cause if it's like, what the heck are you talking about? Then I think I, you know, it, I'm assuming some people are in that boat. And so maybe we got to start by just saying, 
what's the brief history of this and where did that term come from? Um, yeah, I love that. Guys wanna, Go for it, buddy. Well, I think it, I think at first, w- the first thing we have to do is, is acknowledge that there, it, it follows in the footsteps of what's called a deeper learning network that was funded by the Hewlett Foundation in the States. And that included a network of like-minded schools that were distinct but linked in their pedagogical visions. And I'm thinking, and help me out here, uh, High Tech High, EL Education, Big Picture, New Tech Network. Um, I'm IB, not sure if the IB, maybe. I don't know if they're formally in it or not, but yeah. Anyway, they formed a network and they called themselves a deeper learning network. And I think that was the birth of the phrase deeper learning because they had named a few specific things that they were collectively trying to move towards. And key leaders like Dan Behrens and Stephen Levy wanted to take that kind of approach to networking across various schools in Christian education and say, How are we also collectively trying to move deeper into something? And early in the movement, a a group of folks were asked to write a bit of a definition or position statement, deeper learning into what? What do we mean by that? And they came up with the definition or we came up with this definition of people of God's story engaged in real work that forms the self and shapes the world. And that was trying to create a bit of a rallying cry to what what do we mean by this phrase, Christian deeper learning? And since then, it's had a number of conferences, one in Gainesville. Do you guys remember what mm-hmm. year that was? I don't was remember that- what year, but I do remember the road trip on the way there and the deep fried everything that we enjoyed. <laughs> yes. Way too much deep fried seafood. Yes. So Gainesville and then uh, Texas and um, Denver, Frisco, Texas, Denver. Yeah. Yes. So I guess it's been maybe like since not that long, right? Like 20, Mm -hmm. 2018. So it's a fairly new movement, although it feels like it's been around for a bit. I don't know. What would you guys add to the definition of, or as context for what the phrase Christian deeper learning means? Yeah. And some of these groups kind of, gel for me because we have also uh, a group of a mind shift this idea from and to and i i, I mm. when i'm thinking about christian deeper learning i think about that idea that it's moving it's moving the priority or focus on certain things to other things and mm. um you know i i think a movement pedagogically to curiosity and wonder um, to going deeper with learning rather than just grades and marks and then, you know, checking off things to move on to, you know, so I, so I, to me, uh, it's a little bit of a, a, a refocusing of the priorities of, of mm. what learning might look like. Guys, I, I completely forgot one thing, we, one whole other thread that's actually Canadian, and that is that we've been doing our own Christian deeper learning pre-conference days mm-hmm. as well. Darren, do you want to just kind of Give your thoughts on the national, the Canadian national version of Christian Deeper Learning pre-conference days. Yeah, I do think there's there's a, a national story and an international story. And what I love about um, the word that we're not using um, that I want to talk about a little bit more, but it's a Christian Deeper Learning Network. Hmm. And we're creating our own network. And I would hope that this podcast is part of that story. But Christian Schools Canada puts on a leadership conference, the next one being in Winnipeg in September. And one day prior to that conference, the 
the directors of learning and the various organizations host a, a deeper learning pre-conference day where we look at some aspect of, of deeper learning, like beautiful work. And then what does it mean to be a beautiful worker, a learner in God's image? And we, we look forward to, to planning another pre-conference day for this fall um, as we dig a little deeper in this area and think about our, our impact on the, on the learner and co-learning with students in a variety of different areas. Mm. Um, so I get excited about that. But for me, the, the, the network piece and the, the open sharing of information and the key being the network, mm. um, that's what gets me really excited about this mm. moment. And like you mentioned, Dan Buren's off the top. And I just want to do a specific shout out because no one lives and breathes this as his whole being more than Dan Buren's. Mm. And I just appreciate his forward movement and pushing this um, as we go, his vision for this. Yeah. September 27th, uh, we would love, if you are if you are unsure, um, look into um, Christian Schools Canada. Um, the com- conference that's coming up in Winnipeg and September 27th is the pre-conference day. We would love, Darren, myself, Justin are, are all planning that day, inspired by San Diego and the people that we connect with he- uh, here. Also, uh, I think it's, you know, one of the things that I know this is a little cliche and a little bit um, trendy right now, but this idea of tribe and I, what I've found in the Christian Deeper Learning is is my tribe. It's people that hmm. um, are talking about a similar pathway around education and about learning. And there's something so powerful about connecting with, and I've heard this testimony even with our podcast uh, where uh, I've talked with guests or even people that have listened and said, you know, I, I love um, the type of people or the, the stories I've heard because hmm. it resonates with me. Not everyone in my school is thinking that way. And, but I, it's good to hear that, you know, this person or that person at this school in Canada is, is doing this and it inspires me to continue. So one of the things I love about our podcast is we, you know, forming our own network, Christian Deeper Learning Network, mm-hmm. celebrating those that are along that journey, whether they call it formally, I like, again, Justin, I like the, I'm not sure they would call it the Christian Deeper Learning, like they, they might not be familiar with that language, but they are definitely... Uh, our guests have, have exemplified, mm-hmm. modeled um, that trajectory. So um, I love it. I love and and Dan Beerens. I'll also shout out to the uh, case has so Center for Advancement of Christian Education has a, a a blog that a lot of these people that we get to connect with regularly and you know whether we're in San Diego here. or in different events, we've we've been able to connect. They write blog, regular blog posts about what Christian Deeper Learning is. And so there's just a, a wealth of information out there. If you are curious and thinking, I don't know what this is. I've never heard of it. Um, I'm always, when I, so I'm, it's inspiring to read through and hum, actually humbling to read through so much of, and you both mm-hmm. have contributed to that as well. So yeah, some resources so, and directions. So before we move on to other things here, I'd love to just a quick answer. I know I'm putting you on the spot, but we're all parents of, of kids who are either just left high school or are in school. Why would you want your child's school to be committed to Christian deeper learning? 
Uh, Justin, can I put mm-hmm. you on the spot first and then Jeremy, you can go next. I think one of the things I love about the Christian Deeper Learning Network is it's it's pretty intentionally trying to s- transcend jargon. You know, it's like trying to get above just whatever acronyms or specific techno edu- education speak um, a, 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 a certain learning vision might be pursuing. And if I think about that definition, if I think about it specifically in light of my children, Darren, Mm -hmm. as you're wisely inviting us to do, what does it mean for my daughter Ada as a grade 11 student to be a a participant in God's story? Mm -hmm. So that's huge, obviously. Right. And we've been, we, I think our guests have done an amazing job of talking about what it means for God's story to impact their educational practice. But I want her to think about what it means for her to learn within the context of this huge, mysterious, beautiful story with the cosmic Christ at the center. And then within that meaningful place and grace of the story to do something meaningful, like to, to do it, to engage in real work. I crave that for her so that she has a clear sense of the connection between her own wayfinding, her own life path, whatever that looks like. And she's confused where it's going already. And that's totally legit. But I want her to have this confidence that she knows she's capable of doing something relevant and purposeful and contributive, you know, like to, to, to be service oriented. That is shaping her, that she actually is given opportunities to think about who am I becoming and how am I contributing to the global context, like locally or, you know, in a specific organization or whatever. But that definition matters to me, Darren. It, it, I want my kids to live into that. To exp- I don't need them to memorize that, that mm-hmm. phrase, that sentence, but I want them to come home and say, Dad, I did something really cool today. Um, and for it not to be just some kind of fluffy, you know, whatever, but actual con- contribution to an organization that can benefit from their work. Love it. Um, I don't know if everyone else heard the mic drop, but I definitely heard the mic drop. But we're still we're still letting Jeremy go after that. You know, <laughs> I think about COVID, and one of the things that it's done is it's it's made it feel like practices have gone backwards. Um, and you talk to teachers about how it just feels dry, and my mm-hmm. students, I think, are uninspired by um, even just the 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 delivery. Um, that has to be used because we're back to having to sit in rows and stay separate. And, um, mm. and I, I, I think I, my hope for my, my kids is that they love learning, uh, that they be lifelong learners. Um, and sometimes schools is mm. the exact opposite. It actually, you know, like I don't like learning because that's what this look like. That's what school mm. is and what's what it looks like. And that can be so dis. Mm pointing for me and because it's not it's about god it's about worshiping it's about being excited about god's world um it's about being invited into a story but it's also about being invited into wonder and into real work um Mm. and so much of what school in the past has been is consume regurgitate you know and and uh, and i did pretty good at that like, like i'll say but my my own children, it's harder for them to, to do that. They don't, mm. the school doesn't come as easy, but for them to, to see themselves as playing a part in, in this story in a way in which 
They can be curious about, and I just think like it has so many different impacts about their faith, about how they read the Bible, right? Is it something I consume or regurgitate, or is it something I'm, I can wonder, be curious about, and live into? Um, so I, I, I think this this question is crossing my mind with church right now. How are churches mm-hmm. coming out of COVID too? Mm-hmm. Because I think the structure of churches is not ideal for learning and growth and and uh, and an engaging journey. Um, and so, yeah, Darren, mm-hmm. I love the question. I, so I'll, I'll turn it back to you uh, as well. Um, what, what do you think when it comes to your kids for deeper learning? What, why would you be uh, interested in inviting them into that? Yeah, for me, the parallel between what I hope for in my own professional learning and learning and the joy that I get from working with the the three of you gentlemen uh, parallels my answer to that because how awesome would it be for our kids to leave school with a network of other learners that are already before they graduate passionate about the common good and seeing themselves as having a role in, in being part of God's story in society and imagine if kids graduated already seeing themselves as part of a learning network of other like-minded young adults who are going to have a positive impact even while they're going to school. And they're like right now, I just got off a call with my son and they are in the doldrums of the semester. Like they are just feeling the Mm -hmm. weight of a university semester and yet they're doing some cool stuff. And they're they're part of something bigger than themselves. And I think to myself, that is that is what I hope for because ultimately, you know, Walter Storff has it right. If we if we don't practice a, a faithful way of being in school, we shouldn't expect kids to graduate and suddenly flick a switch and be faithful in their daily life with their consumption, yeah. with their purchasing, with with how they use their time, etc. So for me, uh, being part of a good story in in grade school sets them up for being part of a good story in university and then sets them up for being mm. a faithful participant in Christian community in whatever church looks like in the future. Cause I'm fairly certain it's not going to look like it looks like now. Um, so I love that connection. If, if I tie this back to, you know, the original, well, actually the, the second question around professional learning networks, um, our, our students, our children need to see our teachers engaged in that type of love of learning, right? Um, where they're passionate about what they're learning, about the story they're being invited to. They're teaching, as we talk about teaching from transformation, not just for transformation. Um, I, like I think when we connect teachers into groups and networks where they're excited about what they're doing, that that right away is going to engage students and what's, you know, they're, they're excited about their, they're doing mm-hmm. new things. They're trying new things. Um, so how do we create spaces? Cause I think we need to create spaces for teachers to be able to have that uh, opportunity. Well, let me just tell a quick story in, in that regard. Cause I earlier, um, I was able to spend some time working with Orangeville Christian school, shout out to Orangeville Christian school. Uh, they have, so in terms of Christian, they don't use the phrase Christian deeper learning as far as I know in terms of their, their identity or their website, but they, they do talk about expeditions. They're very explicit with their community about the fact that they do expeditionary learning. And 
Alice Blydorp, one of the teachers there. I hope it's okay that I'm shouting out her name here. Early in day one of our train of our time together of our work, so I was working with the staff around expedition design, and I was asking them, you know, when I say expedition, you say, and we were just kind of doing a prompt on that. And she said, well, I had a moment in my class where I told them that we were returning to, des- to expeditions this spring. They've got a collective launch as a school. They're going to launch expeditions as a school-wide thing, and they're going to celebrate those expeditions in June. So they're launching in April, celebrating in June, and we were working towards the design of them. And when she said to her class, a kind of a, I think it was a junior uh, division grade, like maybe grade four or five, I'm sorry, Alice, I'm not quite remembering, but they were like, we're doing expeditions again. Yes. They were like, there was this palpable like excitement from the class because they had remembered the expeditions they had done pre COVID and it had been shelved. And I understand why, but now it was like, we are returning to the meaning and the purpose of what we can do in our expeditions and learning. That was so invigorating for me to hear her say that story. When I say expeditions, students, you say, and they were just like pumped. They were so excited. And it was awesome to hear Alice describe that. Yeah, I love that. I think the challenge for me is the, and I'm not sure if this is just me personally and and a factor or a characteristic for a, a learning network that works for me, but the maybe not but i'm not sure what the right uh, transition is there but ultimately the learning networks that have actually prompted change for students have first been relational they've been mm. uh, a co-teacher taking an assessment court from pat course from pat cornelis in our masters and then realizing on the weekend we we do three or four things with our assessment that actually harm students. And if I was taking that course by myself, Mm. no problem. I could walk in on Monday and pretend my world hadn't been rocked, but I'm walking onto campus at 7.30 in the morning, making eye contact with a colleague who also did that module over the weekend. And we both know that we're both harming kids. And that relationship and that accountability was enough for our for us to set a trajectory for going grade-less in, in middle mm. school because grades harm, ki- harm learning. It's, you know, it's those mm. sort of, and then you become friends and families hang out. And so, and it, you know, obviously, you know, the three of you are important to me and I value your perspective and you inspire me to be better in our roles. Mm. And again, relationship is the foundation for me. I don't know if that's the same for, for you guys, but whether it's my Twitter network that become friends over time through Ed Thought of the Day, or it's meeting people again and again every year at the Christian Deeper Learning Conference, whatever it might be, um, for me, relationship has is such a key component of an effective yeah. professional learning network. Yeah, 100%. And I, I think you can, uh, as teachers, seek that out. Uh, I think it can form organically. I think um, the pursuit of wanting to be better, a growth mindset, and then looking for people in your building that are like, again, wanting to go down that same path, I think is, is excellent. I also though think of leaders um, and how maybe they could try to create spaces for those. I, I just got one of the opportunities we had is we went to one of the high tech high campuses 
And uh, so all three of us were, were there and, and they talked about um, every teacher is partnered with another teacher. Mm-hmm. And they talked about that being a marriage. They said, like, we joke around this being a marriage because we have to work together so much. And, you know, this person's the math person. I'm the social person. We're to come together and we've got to co-create projects. Um, and the power, they said, they, they cannot imagine teaching now without that co-partner uh, or a co-partner. Not necessarily that always the same one, but a co-partner because it just makes them better. It just it, it invites. And, mm. and I just think about even TFT, if I, you know, Teaching for Transformation is the world I live in the most, how much it's improved over the years. And, and I know some of the people listening may be like, oh, TFT has changed over the years so many times. Partly it's because of the networking. PBL, project-based learning, expeditionary learning, mm-hmm. all these wonderful deeper learning networks have contributed um, to this in which now it continues to maybe move where I think it landed in worldview before. Now it it is about best learning. Mm-hmm. It is taking the learner and finding how they play their part in God's story. So um, th- the marriage thing caught my attention because of I, I think how could we as leaders structure spaces for teachers maybe it's organic but maybe sometimes it's actually just structured that we have these these relationships hmm. i i think i love it darren that and and jeremy you're saying so much of the same thing that relationship has to be first right but one of the things we focused on in the day two of the christian deeper learning pre-conference was common language and i'm just wondering if we can quickly pair Yes, we want relationality, but imagine a school that has no common language or shared vision for what learning design looks like. So, Jeremy, as soon as you name TFT, Teaching for Transformation, there's this whole other host of words and language that's rich and has, like, intentionality and... uh, tons of meaning and connotation behind it. And so I know that if, if I'm in conversation with someone around TFT and I, I use the word storyline or I use the acronym flex and, and if we have common understanding of those things, our conversation, our networking, our relationship is just off to the races in terms of what we're trying to accomplish in learning. And so I guess I'm just asking you guys to think about, um, I mean, if we want to be playful, like, does your marriage have a common language? Like, you know what I mean? Like, do you, do you have a common language with your kids? Mm-hmm. Do you like common language and relationship? I guess I'm trying to pair that and playfully think about it, not just professionally, which really matters. The three of us, does this podcast have a common language? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the opening square, uh, et cetera, et cetera, right? Like we're trying to actually establish some common language and liturgy. Yeah, I, I don't know. What do you guys think about the, the relationship between common language and human relationships? I Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Jeremy. Yeah, I know. I was, I was going to connect it with, um, and maybe this is, uh, maybe this isn't where you're going, Justin, but I was going to connect with even just visioning and mission of schools, um, common mm-hmm. hopes, common dreams, um, yes, then common common language as well. But I think we we walk a journey together, and walking a journey together builds relationships, builds common language. We co labor mm-hmm. together, we collaborate. Um, and and one of the sessions I went to was about um, from a man that was talking about diversity training and the idea of like. 
Okay, just really quick. Collaborate. You that's cool. Collabor is that actually the etymology yeah, of the word? Do you know? That's like, is right. That where we it comes we from? often use it as like just this idea of well, we're we're talking together, but collaborating means to work on something, to co-labor on something, mm-hmm. and actually that's the good. best way to do diversity training is to co-labor mm-hmm. on things. Yes, got it. All right, hmm. but our tribe um, is excited about what we're doing because we we're seeing a vision of Christian education. That's exciting. That's got us excited. We're, we want to co-labor on that, whether it's building a podcast or hmm. a blog site for Case or whatever the, the reason is. That there's a, a journey that we're excited about doing, hmm. and that allows us then to walk that. And I think you're right, Justin, establish common language, uh, build relationship, um, hmm. grapple together. I love that. And maybe that's, that's sort of how we close with a, with a challenge. I'm not as much interested in what your common language is, though I am interested, but I'm more interested in the fact that do you have a common language as a school Mm. and how does that help you with the one caveat where I, you know, if it's not sincere, it makes you want to throw up. That's the challenge with common language is if it's not sincere and you're not actually living it, Man, you smell it. Kid, teachers smell it. Kids smell it. Everybody smells it immediately. Yeah. If if you, uh, I, I'll I'll just add this, Darren. If you're in a school and you're listening and you're thinking, I'm not sure if um, I have fellow co-laborers. Um, we have we we intentionally add people's emails and ask our guests to provide emails uh, because we want to hopefully encourage mm. collaborating or professional learning networks um, or reach out to us. Hey, say, you know, I'm curious about something like this. Uh, how could you connect us? And, and that's one of the benefits of our positions. We get to be very connected with a lot of people um, working on this pathway. Mm-hmm. So any final words, Justin, before we uh, close up this segment? No. All right. Let's take a quick break and come back with the crossfire segment. Jeremy, Justin, great conversation. Though it wasn't around a wood fire, there was definitely a rapid oxidation of ideas. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, okay. I get I'll, get, I'll continue to work on this transition. But now it is time for the Crossfire segment, where we take the feedback and questions from our listeners and form them into prompts. One of us will read a listener's comment and provide the prompt, while the other two will try to answer them as wisely as and succinctly as possible. First up, Jeremy. Yeah, first, and thank you to everyone that's engaging with us. We love to hear listeners' uh, emails, tweets. So first one, uh, Carolyn emailed in as a response to episode nine. Okay, if you recall in episode nine, we were a gang in Duncan, and I admitted that I was part of a group that we called Sphincters, and I mentioned that Carolyn, who was in my class from kindergarten all the way to grade 12, and who now lives in the advanced region, so Justin's uh, region out there, she would definitely be rolling her eyes as she listened to that episode. Uh, And she actually emailed in when we said that, and she said, okay, hi, Justin and Jeremy. Oh, man, pyloric sphincter. As soon as you started talking about high school gangs, I remembered the sphincter club. Poor (laughs) Mike got the anal sphincter. I actually think it was Brad, but uh, shout out to Mike and Brad. And yes, I was literally rolling my eyes when you said Carolyn's probably rolling her eyes right about now. There was also this Ashley Judd fan club, right, Jer? 
Justin, feel free to dig into that one a bit. Uh, not necessary, <laughs> nice. Justin. And I don't, I really don't remember explaining what glasses did, but I do remember the tape on your glasses from being hit by a ball or puck or frisbee. I think both our parents were happy when we finally gradu- graduated to contacts. Good times. She goes on to say the podcast is always a great listen. Kudos to both you, Darren, uh, you both and Darren for putting it together. I've actually taught in all three provinces and really appreciate that we are collaborating more between provinces. Each province is certainly unique in how they do Christian education, but the why is the same across the board. Thanks for the laughs and food for thought, Carolyn. So thank you, Carolyn. Question, prompt, we'll pull out of this one. Is there something, maybe Darren, uh, you can lead us here. Is there something that would make your high school classmates roll their eyes like Carolyn did? So roll their eyes now like Carolyn did, but also in that moment because I was the clarifier. Oh, okay. (laughs) If I got asked to do something that I even for a moment thought was ridiculous or a waste of my time, I would ask the clarifying question to the point where everyone would be like, well, Darren, just shut up so we can actually get to work because we're going to have to do the work afterwards anyway, regardless of how frustrated he makes the teacher. So, yes, uh, the clarifying questions were definitely where my classmates would roll their eyes. You probably had teachers rolling their eyes. Yes, 100% teachers rolling their eyes when they saw me put my hand up. Yeah. And ask a clarifying question. <laughs> That's awesome. That's amazing self-awareness. Uh, Jeremy, Ashley Judd, is that like a Breakfast Club <laughs> reference? Sure. Let's go with that. Or, That's probably no. a lot better to go with yes. that route. Yeah. Are we talking like Naomi and Ashley Judd, like country singers? Yeah, This we've already gone too far on this. So thank you. <laughs> thank you, Carolyn, for listening to the podcast and emailing in. Justin, I think you got the next one. <laughs> We'll come back to that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next one. Eric Ellison tweets. Shout out to Eric Ellison. Mm-hmm. When are we going to do one combo show? So we actually here in San Diego had some conversation with some other podcasters, hallway conversations, moving forward with Lynn Swanner, digital education with Eric Ellison, learning to serve. Guys, when are we going to do a crossover podcast with our American friends? Yeah, so a little bit of a tease. Uh, it's in the works. We're excited. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to do something a little different. Uh, so I don't want to give too much away, but it is in the works, and we're going to get all those groups together. Hopefully, technology-wise, we can figure it all out. But uh, it should be something I think we're going to release as kind of a bonus episode at the end of this year. Um, not sure when it'll come out, maybe summer, maybe just before summer, but look forward to that one. I think it's going to be a lot of fun in connecting with those podcasts. They are excited about it as well. So Darren, uh, Jeremy, sorry, combo show. What exactly? So you've got how many podcasts listed there? What does this actually look like? Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to all be on one show and we're going to pull it together with something, uh, we're you know, we're basically going to draft a school, which I'll just leave it at that. Each person is going to come in and we're going to draft a school. So we'll explain it once it comes, but it'll be a lot of fun. So each per each of those podcasts will have one person represented. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. 
And I'm feeling pretty good about anything draft because I'm not a competitive person. But that oh, being yeah. said, yeah, I, I've a got a good history person. with drafts and I'm feeling pretty good about being successful on uh, on this podcast. Not a competitive person. Nice. He's crushing us. <laughs> I'm so angry. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you, Eric, for tweeting at us and getting the ball rolling on what we're thinking will be a ton of fun. All right, next question. Uh, in response to our last campfire episode, Cheryl Van Zyl, Zeal, am I saying that right, Darren? Do you know? Yeah, Van Zeal. Van Zeal. She's at Teach Beyond. I love her Twitter handle at Teach Beyond. So she tweeted. I'm just. I'm interrupting you because Teach Beyond, like, she's an author, published author. She doesn't okay. play that up, but excellent book. Okay. Awesome. Should I start over? Or should we? Should, should we? No, keep let's uh, let's keep rolling. Yeah, especially after I said, <laughs> should I start over? <laughs> no, okay. we're keeping going. Okay, this we is keep going. We're, this okay. is about things we regret. <laughs> okay. So this is perfect. Come on, keep going, Jeremy. <laughs> she said, thoroughly enjoyed. So this tweeted out, thoroughly enjoyed this episode and was challenged again about the importance of experience. Well done at Darren Speaksman and crew. Some really, really good laughs too. If you recall, uh, that was one in which uh, we shared some regrets. So uh, just curious, uh, you guys were quite open, Darren with with geography and, and Justin with your last name. Uh, any further thoughts on that campfire episode or things you thought about later or, or just really are there any regrets that you had about sharing regrets? Has it come back to, to bite you, uh, Darren? Other than my boss likes to take this opportunity to mock me on a regular basis, uh, it has now made its way into <laughs> when I make a habit of asking, are there any clarifying questions when we're moving into work time during professional development? I have on two occasions had someone put their hand up and then ask me, yes, Darren, but while we're doing this, what do we do with the islands? <laughs> so, and of course, almost everybody in the room has no idea what's going yeah, on. Right. And they think they've been very clever and they kill themselves laughing. And I do as well, because what do you do with the islands? It's a, it's a conundrum uh, for geographers. Um, and then we try to move on. So I regret bringing up my question about islands i, I don't I, I should say this though darren you we've we've been taking trains and walking around the san diego and you have been the navigator you we've just followed you wherever you've gone we've followed you and trusted you so i, I think that like i think we have to dismiss that label for you you well, you know, other maybe, than maybe the one geography is different than navigation, maybe. I love that you've blocked over, or maybe you weren't there for the one time that I put us on a train headed in the wrong direction. Yeah. No, I was there. So yeah. there is that one little, there There was the one little hiccup. That's it a was, quick recovery. It was minor, yeah. Yeah. Well, guys, I, I think, no, I think if, if you're sharing a regret, you got to go so far over the line. Oh, right. That mm -hmm. nobody in their right mind is going to join you over there. Uh, nobody God. is talking with me about my regret. <laughs> yes. It is so out there. Yes. They're like not uh, touching that for yes. a second. There's no clarifying questions there as no. part of your pro D. No, uh, definitely. All uh, right. Uh, clear. Ed Newt boss Cheryl, of, oh, Ed Newt boss yes. of uh, Darren uh, did say after giggling a little bit, he said that it was brave, Justin. So excellent yeah. work. All right, Cheryl Van Ziel also responded to our Big Boss episode with Gail Monsma with this tweet. Uh, at Gail Monsma, I loved, thanks for sharing. Your brother was one of the first outside my school to encourage me in my leadership journey. I'm forever grateful to his mentorship that was without bias, just straight up cheerleading heart emoji for Prairie Center. And thanks all for this episode. So a prompt 
Jeremy, as we mentioned on our last campfire episode, we appreciate Gail's brother, Doug, as well. Do you have any mentorship tips that maybe he modeled for you or that you've learned as being part of the Prairie Center? Yeah, actually, um, I had the pleasure of... So for my master's, I did my topic was on servant leadership. And I interviewed three different people. And Doug Monsma was one of the people that I got to sit down and do kind of a long interview with. Um, so it was a wonderful experience uh, of someone that I, I view it as a servant leader. And I'll tell you just quickly what the three main pieces that I, I got from that. So number one, and, and the reason I draw, I just think mentorship is about leadership and servant leadership. So uh, number one, you, you should desire to be serving or serve others in leadership opportunities. Leadership is about influence. And so um, that comes often from our faith. Jesus modeled that uh, is what so a lot of my research talked about the idea of, you know, Jesus saying that in order to be, um, to be a leader, to be great, you must serve those. Right. And so number one, you got a desire to serve. Number two, you need to be present as a mentor. You need to be build relationship. You need to be around them uh, in the hard times, the good times, the hallways, after school. So be present. Because then the third thing was you use your gifts. So once you're around the person, you desire to serve them, you use the gifts God has given you in order to serve those people. So don't get maybe hung up on like, I, I'm not like that person or my mentorship, you know, was my, my the teacher I knew was better. Uh, you're, we're all gifted and have passions that God gives us. And so use those to serve and mentor those people around you. So I learned, mm. those were some of the pieces mm -hmm. I learned from Doug and, and a couple other people that I interviewed. Mm. That's awesome. I, uh, makes me think of Stephen Garber's book, Fabric of Faithfulness. Um, he says there's three core things to, uh, a, a fabric of faithfulness. One is you need a, a system or a set of beliefs that last a lifetime and stress on beliefs that last a lifetime. I mm -hmm. think that's really significant. Mm -hmm. You need peers around you who share those convictions that last a lifetime. And then you need people who are 10 to 20 years ahead of you mm -hmm. in living out those convictions. Mm -hmm. And I, when I read that, I'm like, that actually does speak to me the way I try and pursue older wisdom. Mm -hmm. I, I am pursuing wisdom from people who seem to be on a similar journey as I want to be on. And I'm, I am literally trying to follow them because they're ahead of me. Darren, I, yeah, I know we're, ahead. I know succinct was one of the key things, um, but I want to jump off on that just quickly too, because we just attended a, oh, I did Todd Bolzinger's sent, oh, um, yeah. session here at the conference. And, um, he, he clarified something I thought really helpful for leaders, but people that are, uh, well, if you're in Christian leadership or if you're, you're helping out in any way, um, the type of people that you should have around you, he said, we need partners. So those, those are people that care more about the mission than you. So you need people in your life that care more about the mission of what you're doing than you. And they're going to call you on that. Then mm -hmm. you need friends. And friends care more about you than the mission. Mm -hmm. And you need that. You need those people in your life. And then you need mentors. And mentors, are they care about you for the sake of the mission. You, they need mm -hmm. you to be at your best for the sake of the mission. So mm -hmm. I, I just love those clarifying pieces. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, thank you, Cheryl, for listening to the podcast and engaging with us on Twitter. Um, it's always delighted when uh, we see you responding. Awesome. Okay. Hannah Van Dyke Mormon, who... I am proud to say I taught because Hannah is amazing. Uh, so this is exciting. 
uh, and connected to our Edudeo sponsor. Mm-hmm. Yes. Today, cleaning my office for a fresh, clean start with Edudeo in the new year and listening to At Every Square CM's episode with Gail Monsma, excited to learn about Edmonton and declutter all at once. Question. What's something that needs decluttering in your life, fellas? And what are you listening to while you do it? So any aspect of my professional life needs a quality declutter. Um, Personal life, um, I have a professional declutterer in my life who takes care of my personal life. But professionally, (laughs) my desk, my inbox... I am depressed to say that as I open up my inbox, there are 27,000 items in my inbox presently. (laughs) Um, And obviously that is not functional and needs some decluttering. And while I am decluttering, I am listening to the Good Shepherd Collective and the Brilliance, two interconnected bands that I just deeply appreciate for both the quality of music, the harmony, and the message behind their music. So yeah, Good Shepherd Collective and the Brilliance. Uh, Darren, my desk needs decluttering as well, so I'll, I'll echo, you on that, echo you on that. And recently I've been on Spotify just Googling Christian indie folk. Um, I don't know why. Never, never really <laughs> have listened to that uh, particular genre before, but I'm enjoying it. Nice. Thank you, Hannah and Edudeo, for listening and sponsoring the podcast. All right, and our last one. Angela Lang tweeted in response to Gail's episode. That episode with Gail was a a popular one. A lot of traffic. She was an excellent big boss. It's going to be hard to beat. It's going to be hard to follow up with other big boss episodes. I hate to say it. Uh, thanks, Gail. So Angela tweets in, thanks, Gail, and the Every Square Centimeter team. That was great. I'm going to the WLCE gathering for the gift bag stuff by Darren Speaksma. And seriously, very interested in your work in this area and would be happy to support a gathering when slash if it's possible. Darren, what should be in that gift bag? That is a high pressure question based on the fact we're talking women in leadership in Christian education. And I am a middle-aged white man who has volunteered. I'm passionate about this idea. First of all, I think Richmond would be an excellent destination for that's where Angela works. It's a beautiful part of the world. Uh, But I would say we got to go all out with sponsorship so that like there's no cheap plastic things, but I don't want to be stereotypical, but I'm thinking a little bit of bling would be appropriate. I'm not okay. sure what that bling needs to be, um, but if we found like a jewelry sponsor, okay, or maybe so pearls, uh, you're putting, diamonds, get, uh, you're putting wow. diamonds and pearls in the <laughs> gift bag. Wow, I am. This is a special group, so I think with the right sponsorship, we could we could make that happen. Wow, Edudeo is going to have to step up their uh, sponsorship, <laughs> their sponsorship. For providing jewelry and pearls for. That being said, I also think a fashionable every square centimeter toque would also be appropriate. Yeah, just this is where I was going yeah. with. Yeah. yeah. I was yeah. thinking 500 people, 500 women or whoever's at the conference all wearing their every square CM yes. toque. That, that would, would be, be pretty awesome. epic. Yes. Worth worth coming. Worth coming to it. Uh, as Angela said, she's coming just for the gift bag. So uh, thanks, Angela, for for listening, for tweeting us. And again, we just really appreciate listeners 
sending us encouragement. We got to meet a few people in San Diego that have listened and were kind enough to say nice things to our face. Um, so we we just really appreciate that. I, I'm really hoping that our last Campfire episode, which is going to be at the end of this season, uh, so in a few more episodes here, that we have a review to read off. I'm really, really Ooh, pushing. Yes. Somebody put a review in Apple and we would love to read it up. Well, hopefully it's a nice review. Uh, even it, well, you know, three at least out of five, right? We'll still read. No, we, we're re- it, it could be a one out of five. We're, we're still, still reading, reading the review. Still reading it. Okay, on. no matter what it is. Okay, uh, but we don't have one yet. Uh, so we would love to have a review. And again, please email us at every square centimeter at gmail.com. Tweet us at every square centimeter cm. Um, and we just yeah enjoy enjoy really enjoy doing this and really enjoy the listeners uh, giving us some engagement. So thank you. Well, gentlemen, I don't know if you've noticed, but the fire is dying down. The coals are glowing and I'm both challenged and refreshed by our time together. Cheers to you two and to our listeners. May you find our fireside and the fireside of others to be a place of support, encouragement, challenge and refreshment, and may collegiality and collaboration hold you in community as together we do important kingdom work of educating children. Stay encouraged, educators. We want to thank Christian Schools Canada for sponsoring the podcast. Please know that the views and opinions expressed on this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of CSC, the schools of our guest, or any of our three regional organizations. Thanks for listening.